Welcome to Just a GP podcast. Today it's Charlotte Hespi having a chat with Beck Hoffman. We're having a lovely chat today with you to be able to talk about how do we juggle the role of being a GP along with the other hats or balls that we nearly all of us have, which might be being wife, mother, academic, artist, gardener, you name it, any of the other things that we manage to throw into our lives. And Beck is a bit of an expert on this because she's doing a PhD on it. So before we go into how you've become an expert on this particular subject matter, what's a highlight of your week this week? I'm actually really excited that this week or this last fortnight, we've started promoting our Wellbeing Weekend. So the Wellbeing Weekend is an initiative of the New Fellows. And for a while, it looked like we weren't going to be able to do it because of 2020 and COVID. But we've finally managed to find a structure which will be able to have the event that we want to have, but in a slightly modified version. So if you haven't heard about the Wellbeing Weekend or if you're wanting more information, please get in touch with me or with the RECGP New South Wales faculty or jump onto the events page and have a look at it. It's going to be in the middle of school holidays, which I think is great because I'll be able to bring my kids to it on the 10th of April. Yes, so if you're listening to this after the 10th of April 2021, sorry, but you've missed it. Thanks, Beck. So for me, a highlight of this week has been the opportunity to share some time with family, which is something that we often sort of talk about. And I had a great chance on Sunday to have a whole lot of my young family around, as in my nephews and their partners and my son and we just had this lovely long luxurious lunch we had fantastic food I really enjoyed myself doing a whole lot of fun cooking and it was just lovely to be able to hear about how they're going and sharing their lives so it was at the same time as enjoying the weather that's been intermittently fantastic last couple of weeks. Social interaction is so important and you don't realise until you're in the middle of it sometimes. Yeah, or when you've missed out on it with COVID like so many people did last year. Let's move then straight into, tell us a little bit about your journey into um, being an emergent expert on women and juggling roles as medicos and what this means for us. So I guess there's two things there. One is that I was an academic registrar and I had an absolutely wonderful time as an academic registrar and then got to the end of that term and had thought, I really want to do something more and I want to do something meaningful. And meaningful to me, I wanted to be a little bit selfish in that I didn't want to do someone else's research or join another research team. I wanted to do something that was mine and my reasoning behind that was that I knew I was going to do it part-time and I knew it was going to take me years and years and years to be able to do it. So it had to be something that I would be interested in for the next years and years and years and years. And so I had to think about what was important to me and what was something relevant to me. And I ended up deciding with my supervisor and with my people around me that I would look into this topic. And so 
this topic will be my whole PhD will be looking at motherhood and medicine and how women and particularly women who are GPs and probably now it's going to be women who are GPs and training in general practice so GP registrars balance motherhood and being a GP registrar and it's morphed along the way it was initially how doctors are parents and that was far too big and then it became how doctors are GPs and that was still too big and I had to windle it down to something that was an achievable concept or an achievable research topic within my funding and timing and support and this is what we've bundled down to and also something which is a big enough topic still to do for years and years and years with enough interest and I've bundled into this one. And it was somewhat relevant to me at the time because at the time I was a GP registrar who had had two children during my GP registrar training and had been trying to balance motherhood and general practice registrar training and the academic registrar program. And the discussions I'd had with other mums in that position were interesting. And when I'd looked to the research on it, there was no research on any struggles or barriers or supports in that field. So you've recently published a paper. Do you want to tell us about that paper and what findings there were in that? I have. So I published a systematic review of the experiences of mothers who were doctors and very excited to have it published in the Medical Journal of Australia last October. And what my team did was we looked at all of the literature that we could find over a 11-year period on parenting and then motherhood and medicine. And we came up with 4,000 articles to start with and then had a look at them closer. And a lot of them were about completely irrelevant topics and then narrowed them down and then narrowed them down again. And we ended up reviewing... 35 papers in the final article, specifically on what barriers and supports or what we'd found in the literature, which ended up coming down to barriers and supports, about the experiences of mothers who were doctors. Interestingly, there was no data from Australia or from New Zealand, and so this is the first paper from an Australian perspective. And we'd broken it up into three themes. So we've had a look at the first theme being motherhood and how being a doctor impacts on motherhood. The second theme was medicine and how being a mother impacts on your medical career. And the third one was strategies and policies around motherhood and medicine and the barriers and supports between them. So we had a look at it from all three themes and I really enjoyed the comparison between the first two themes. I really enjoyed the comparison between how being a doctor impacted on mothering and um, motherhood and how being a mum impacted on your medical career and mostly because I was both watching it with my eyes and both watching my children and my medical journey and comparing it as you do to everyone else around you and noticing that there were quite significant differences since having children that I'd chosen with my career 
And so I was interested from that perspective as do all parents decide to take a slightly different journey once they have kids or was it just me? And also from the mothering perspective is do lots of doctors take a slightly different journey with motherhood than some of my peers who weren't doctors did? It was quite interesting in that the first one was much more accurate than the second, in that lots and lots of doctors in the research, and admittedly international research, not Australian research, significantly changed or altered their career because of their parenting or their parenting desires. And also the second one as well. So lots of doctors changed their parenting because of their career desires. Most of the research in the second theme was around delaying or timing pregnancies or timing children around certain career goals and career attainment in that most of the data showed, and also anecdotally, interestingly, what I'd seen amongst my colleagues is that lots of people delayed having children and delayed having larger families or deliberately chose smaller family sizes as a result of either delaying pregnancy or believing that smaller families were more conducive with having a career. The final theme on the policies and strategies actually was mostly out of the US because the US, believe it or not, actually have some really wonderful strategies and policies for how to combine motherhood and medicine. And there were some really beautiful studies, particularly amongst pediatric doctors in how to combine the two. And there was one that I really remember reading, which was looking at the number of trainees or the choices that trainees had when they were choosing a hospital and the facilities that provided flexible working environments, the ability to breastfeed, on-site daycare, job sharing, really found that the child-friendly workplaces were more desirable as workplaces for both males and females wanting to do training and also had higher retention rates for the staff after training. So I found that really interesting in that I hadn't experienced any workplaces in Australia who had that amount of flexibility or that amount of support for parents in the workplace. And that's probably led me, and I'm going to jump to what my next topic will be, to my next article, which is having a look at exactly what policies there are for Australia. And there are in different specialties and different training specialties across Australia, which is my next article of my PhD I'll be looking at or have looked at. And that's comparing all of the college and all of the training programs across all of the specialties in Australia and having a look at their maternity and paternity training policies and where they're similar and where they're different. So are you able to get any data on how many of them have babies during training? <laughs> no, because that's not something which each of the colleges publish at the moment. That's something which I would love to have a look at. But I guess with the defunding of a couple of big studies, which follow up doctors after fellowship, that data won't be known or won't be able to be tracked. But I think it's a really good idea for the future. Yeah, that whole thing of linking about the fascination of how parenthood defines your career path versus your career path defining your parenthood is fascinating in the first place really to me so for you Beck, you're juggling a few things you've just launched into practice ownership in the midst of COVID I have. 
you've obviously got two small children, you're also balancing an academic career down at Wollongong University where you're a senior lecturer as well as doing your PhD. So tell me how that has affected your parenting path or how it's defined your choice of career. Interesting. I think I've always been a juggler, so I think I've always juggled multiple things. For me, it has been about communication. And so it's been always about talking to everyone involved in our little village of raising our children. And I'm very fortunate that I have a village raising my children about what supports and structures we need and making sure they're in place. So early on, it was not early on, but about two years ago, it was the decision that for us, my husband would be better off being a stay at home parent than what we were previously doing, which was daycare and nannying, because that wasn't really working for our family. And so we took the jump into him being a stay-at-home dad. And that comes with its struggles and with its benefits as well. It's given me indefinitely more flexibility with my career, but at the cost of then his career and the decisions around that. But it's definitely taught me as well to talk to my colleagues at the university and to talk to the other medical students and to talk to my colleagues in my practice and all of my other hats that I wear about what my times and my commitments are and make sure that I'm not juggling too many things at the one time because then we don't self-care enough and then you start to drop some balls and if you're Well, I find if I'm agreeing to and taking on too many things at the one time, then something's going to go awry. And acknowledging that ahead of time, having a look at what I actually want to be doing and then prioritising that has been something that's taken a lot of time and energy to get right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very personal journey, isn't it, too? That whole thing about what works for you and your partner and your children and you don't necessarily know I mean this isn't really related but I can remember watching other people parent and having very you know in retrospect rigid concepts around or constructs around what I would do when I was parenting myself and then once I became a parent realized that that was completely ludicrous and ridiculous and that you know it it was very much defined for me by what was the reality of having small children rather than what I thought it would be like and of course that then you know you just don't know that until you start into it it's the same as you know general specialties what specialty will work for you I fell into general practice didn't choose it but I certainly know that I found the specialty that actually suited me the best of any specialty that I could have chosen because I am at heart a true generalist. I just love being able to do a bit of everything and I do get bored by having to spend too much time doing one thing. So how lucky am I? So Beck, going forwards then, sort of thinking about how you can share this wisdom or what this sort of means in terms of research, what are you planning on doing with it and do you have any advice for maybe some young women Absolutely. I'll take that in two questions. So the first one is what to from here. And I guess I've got short term and long term goals. In the short term, I'm having the conversation and talking to as many people as I can about 
motherhood and medicine and both my individual barriers that I've had, but also the lack of any evidence that we have within uh, Australian, New Zealand area on parenting and being a doctor. For me personally, this is the first paper in what will hopefully become a PhD. So I have the remainder of the PhD to undertake and I'll do that over the next several years. I've got my policy analysis that I discussed previously that's just been accepted. So that's terribly exciting. And then my next paper, which will be a quantitative analysis looking at any correlation between gender and children and burnout to see if there is any correlation between burnout and parenting as a GP trainee. And then hopefully that will lead to a qualitative review on if we had a magical wand as a GP trainee and mums, then what the supports we would love or what we think would actually make a difference or what has made a difference as a final paper. If I had advice for other GPs or other mums or other parents in this space, I think I really learnt that I can make my own journey or I can do something out of the box and it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. And it is hard as a registrar because you live within the confines of what your training program or what your college says you have to do. But pushing those boundaries or making certain choices is fine and it's allowed and you can make choices and change them and you can try something and it not work or even fail miserably and there's no shame in that. You can change path midway and still be okay. So I'd really say give it a go, talk to as many people as you can and if it's not working, change it. And we do have choices. It might not be the choices that you necessarily wanted but you can still make some choices. So have you got other pearls of wisdom? My only pearl is I was like you and I absolutely thought that I would be the perfect mum and my kids would be perfect. Little did I know that my children don't need sleep and so I haven't slept a full night through in a very long time, but that's okay. And unless you have those conversations with other mums about how to balance that and balance work and balance whatever it is that you're struggling with at that time you think that you're a lone ship and you're not there's a whole community of people out there who have similar if not the same or completely different but can relate issues with career and parenting or whatever journey they're going on and reaching out and finding that community is really important for just rationalizing or understanding decisions you're making and discussing those decisions with people and it's quite a nice thing to reach out to different communities. And if you don't know where those communities are, talk to people and they'll invite you and they'll involve you. Yeah, it's that sort of normalising, isn't it? I remember the the joy of my first baby group where there were just other mothers who all had babies exactly the same age and we were all in that same, what I often think back to as being this sort of tunnel where I couldn't see the end of it and it felt very dark. And of course, when I look back on it, it was a very short period of time, but at the time it felt very long. And I needed somebody else who was actually in the tunnel with me to really feel like I could do it. So, and general practice, you know, is a little bit like that. I think sometimes we forget that 
you know, when we're struggling, there's lots of others around us who have the same struggles and the same issues with certain patients. And I know in my practice that one of the big benefits is doing that peer-to-peer sharing of experience, whether it be about the struggle of being a parent at the same time as balancing your workload or struggling with the patients who've got issues around similar stuff too and how you manage that without putting yourself too much into it and continuing to be the sort of the GP rather than a peer in those circumstances. All right, Beck. So what's a final sharing of a resource for us today? I'm actually going to take that last point of yours and share that We were quite inspired by what your practice does with its clinical supervision or clinical regular meetings. And our practice decided at the end of last year that we wanted to start to do something regular as well for wellbeing and for the peer-to-peer sharing. So we've initiated a monthly meeting where we get together to discuss cases that are either troubling us for some reason or have been really interesting for other reasons. And we had our first lunchtime session this week and it was wonderful. Everyone was really involved and the feedback was fantastic and it's really just shown us that it's worthwhile spending the time to organise and to make time in your day because it both makes the workplace more enjoyable but takes the weight of some of those patients off you when you can share them with others. So I guess my pearl is... Don't be afraid to try these things because they might be a raging success. But if they fail, it doesn't matter. But if you don't try, you don't know. Oh, wonderful. I feel really inspired hearing you. Thank you, Beck. And for me, I might just go on that well-being mode. And just because we've just been through a year of really not doing a whole lot of stuff that necessarily involved other people in social networking, remind people about Park Run because Park Run has started back up again and it's an awesome way for people to both get some exercise and also do some social networking and it's a great thing to share with patients who might need a little bit of encouragement to get out of the house and and get moving. Although it's called Park Run, they don't have to run, they can walk but also if they get competitive then they can then actually do a run and I was fascinated by some research I read this week which was looking at the phenomenon of more people doing the from couch potato to 5k apps downloads and actually getting running and the health benefits associated and it's very impressive and you don't have to run hard you don't have to do anything except just go outside, enjoy the joys of our outdoors and get moving. And park runs a great way to do it as well as that social connectedness. So on that front, I'll say thank you everybody for listening to us and have a great week. And we look forward to being able to share another Just a GP podcast with you soon.